Alrighty, guys, welcome back. This is episode number 10 of the Runner's High Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. You can find us on iTunes using the Apple Podcast app, SoundCloud, or Spotify. You can follow along with us using the handle at RunnersHighNJ on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And guys, tonight we have yet another very special guest, uh, a legend in our area. Uh, I, I don't know how he would describe himself in that regard, but uh, we have Coach Joe Compagni on the show uh, tonight, the coach at Monmouth University. So we're just going to jump right in. So Coach Joe, thanks for your time tonight. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me on. It's nice to be on here with you both. I appreciate it. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, so let's kind of go back a little bit. Uh, you know, you've been at Monmouth now for, was it 24 plus years? Is yes, that, this is, is right? the uh, end of year 24. End of year 24. So yeah, started in 95? Yes, fall correct? 95. Okay. Yeah. Um, so your story, you know, and your experience with running, you know, kind of started well before that. Um, so let's kind of take a step back and how you first got into running, um, where it's taken you and how you eventually ended up, you know, uh, at Mammoth. Uh, oh man. That's I know. A that's, a, like, that's a like, it's a, it's a big ask. That's a big ask. I know. <laughs> so, uh, I got into running because, uh, I was running in the fall to get ready for basketball season because I was going to the NBA, of course. Clearly, clearly. And, uh, <laughs> so I was running as a means to an end to get ready for basketball season and, you know, as a lot of us do in the sport, you find out that perhaps you're better at the running than you are at that other sport. Sure. Uh, so got into it in high school, had no idea what I was doing. No one told me that it was uh, actually painful and, and uncomfortable. Um, I thought you just got in shape and you ran a little faster and then it was still easy. But right. uh, found out it was hard. So I only ran two years in high school, but really loved it. Had a great high school coach who was uh, a good coach and also a lot of fun and uh, begged my way onto a college team and and that uh, was awful, but uh, <laughs> stuck around at, long enough to. That was at Delaware. Uh, yes, at the uh-huh. University of Delaware. So I stuck around long enough to go from awful to just okay, and uh, <laughs> they they let me stay around and and also had a great coach in college. So, um, so it was fun to get started in the sport, and I still love other sports like uh, like a lot of us do. But uh, got into it kind of because I was getting ready to do something else. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's usually how we most of us find it, like you said. Yeah. Um, you know, so ultimately, you know, you went on, you graduated from Delaware, went to Cornell. Yes. Yeah, went to Cornell for grad school. I so badly want to make like Andy Bernard the office oh, yeah. jokes, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, a, I, he doesn't speak for all of us. I no, he doesn't. He doesn't represent the. the no. He doesn't represent the big red uh, in full. <laughs> well, well, not not poorly, but I, you know, I just don't want that to be the picture that we paint of our whole school. Sure, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, yeah. so you don't sing a cappella? Right, no a cappella. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? Right. <laughs> um, and then from there, you went on to to coach. Uh, uh, in PA, right? Before right, you went to right. Mama. So let's talk about that kind of getting your first job. And cause I feel like it's very tough, uh, kind of positions to, to get right. And generally in the, uh, to make a career out of it, you do kind of have to bounce around a little bit. I mean, you've been fortunate to where, you know, is it was Mammoth your second kind of landing. Spot, it was, correct? it was my, my second real coaching job. And, and it's true. And I think it's especially true for those of us who are distance runners. Sure. Because, um, I think that anyone who becomes a distance runner also thinks that they can become 
uh, a coach of distance runners. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I spent a year after undergrad and a year after grad school doing other things, working in corporate America, working in government, but never really, I was the guy in the office. Um, do you want to talk about the office? Sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was the guy in the office that every afternoon at three o'clock, I kind of look at my watch like, do we have to stay inside all day? Can't we go outside? Isn't it like practice time or something? Sure, right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, after doing a couple of years of that, um, I realized I wanted to coach. But to do that, um, as many people do, I had to take some some big steps backwards financially and, and move mm-hmm. to a different area and, you know, go try to do something I hadn't done before. Um go back to grad school even though I had my master's degree and mm-hmm. and go make nothing and live uh, in a funny little place right. <laughs> just to you know see if I could be a coach yeah. um, but as I got to go outside every day at three o'clock and go to practice I, you know I realized huh this is all right this is you know this doesn't feel like work sure right right now yeah. what uh, what university was that again so it was California University of Pennsylvania right uh, so that's one of the Pennsylvania state schools which I would call it one of the harder places in America to recruit because when you pick up the phone and you say you're from California University, there's this excitement, sure. right. and then you say, oh, <laughs> Pennsylvania, and then people are completely lost and they don't know where you're calling from or why you're bothering them or if you're really a real school. Right. Uh, so that was my biggest challenge there, but it was it was a great uh, it was a great place to start. Your, your recruiting pitch wasn't that you were like on the sandy beaches of like Malibu. It was like <laughs> no, it wasn't anything like right. that. I no, feel like there's no. like, uh, isn't there like an exit or a town on the way out to like Penn State named Jersey Shore? Mm-hmm. I feel there like is, I always see that. Yeah, Jersey Shore, PA. Yes, and on the same road on Route 80, there's also a mile run. Yes. So if you're traveling yeah. from here somewhere to a race at, you know, Bucknell or Penn State or somewhere, you have these these th- these signs, these ominous signs that right. uh, tell you perhaps you're on the way to good things. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> So after uh, after leaving there, how, how did you end up at Monmouth? What did that look like? I've never really gotten yeah. that story. Yeah. So I was at California PA for four years, and uh, I was a part-time coach the whole time I was there. So to, um, to do that, uh, my first year there, I had to pretty much sell everything I owned so that I could pay my rent, <laughs> including, including my football card collection, which was very upsetting. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. A lot of big but, blue uh, cards in that collection. A lot of giant cards were, in that collection. There were. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kept my I kept my Fran Tarkenton card, but I had to sell almost all the other ones. Uh, so you know, uh, financially it was tough, even though professionally it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. And I was uh, nearly engaged at the time. Serious, uh-huh. serious girlfriend. She was already in New Jersey. I was in, you know, an hour away from Pittsburgh, and one of us had to move. And um, I was making in a year what she was making in a. In, in uh, a week, I think, roughly. <laughs> and so I, there were a couple opportunities that came up. One at Montclair State, mm-hmm. uh, didn't get that. One at Robert Morris in Pittsburgh, didn't get that. Mm-hmm. And then one at Monmouth, and they were just going from, they had had part-time coaches for their entire history of the program, mm-hmm. and they decided to have a full-time coach. And uh, you know Dr. McNeil, our athletic yeah. director, one yep. of the my only athletic director my entire time here yeah, that's um, crazy too. and yeah, and one yeah. of the best ADs in the country. Yeah. But she said to me at the time, she said, we've had some struggles with track. It's been kind of up and down. And last year we had three coaches in one year mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to try track one more time with a full-time coach. And if it goes well, we'll, we'll support track. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't go well, we just won't have track here anymore. Yeah. 
Uh, so I said, I'd say well, it's I gone pretty go. well. I'd say it's gone pretty well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but your immediate reaction is, okay, I'm gonna go get to work right now. Right. <laughs> it sounds like if it doesn't go well, I won't have a won't have a job here. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so you came in and um, you know only took a couple of years, correct? Until you know you guys won your first uh, NEC championship right in 1997. Is that we? Uh, I think it was '98. Yeah. So 98. my year, first okay. year was '95, '96, okay. and it was my third, my third year, '97, '98. Okay. Um, and and uh, yeah, that was our first year that we won an NEC championship. So, okay. right. uh, and, and that was an awesome experience, just to kind of build a team. And I inherited some good individuals, but we had to uh, fill in some gaps and have some people that were hungry to be part of a team. Sure. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that kind of you know is a, is actually kind of brings to, to my next point you know i think um you know you guys and and the year that i spent there with you guys as a grad student um you know i felt it immediately and all throughout the year um you know you you and the coaching staff there have a very much like a team first mindset uh which i find to be somewhat ironically somewhat unique in the ncaa um because generally i don't know i mean in my prior experiences or in other universities a lot of times it's either like one discipline driven where you guys seem to kind of spread the love a little bit more so around to the different disciplines to ultimately you know create these kind of powerhouse track programs um you know so how does that i guess play out in the ncaa and what's like the obstacles of kind of trying to uh kind of create that team instead of making like a number of different individuals or just being like a distance heavy, like a distance heavy program or a, like a, yeah. a sprint heavy program, things like that. Right. Right. Well, the, the story goes, and I believe it's true that, uh, one of the people that interviewed before I did, or was interested in the position before I was, was Mark Wetmore, who is the coach at Colorado and has had a yeah, tremendous he did, career. He did okay. Yeah. He did okay. He, too. He's, he's, he's done all right out there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, I think that was one of the things he wanted to do at Monmouth, and it would have been interesting to see if he came there to see, you know, what would he have done if he said we want Monmouth to be a distance program. Right. Um, before I was at Monmouth in the '80s, uh, John Cooey was the head coach. Sure. And he had a very good middle distance group. Uh, they had this middle distance group that was tremendous, and some athletes that are in the Monmouth Hall of Fame now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was the focus of his of his program, and and you still see that at a lot of places where that's what they want to do is have a uh be very strong in one group um and i just felt like you know again coming from um the guy who was getting ready uh, for basketball season uh, (laughs) i loved you know i love team sports and Mm -hmm. i think that track can be a team sport and it takes more resources and more you know commitment and more people doing more things to have a team environment and track but i just love that whole uh team environment and i never felt comfortable um and I don't, I don't know what it would look like to be on a team where when you go to a track meet, you say, well, we're going to do well in our events, but we have no chance here as a team because we're only in whatever, sure. five out of 21 events. Right, uh, right, right. I just, I just don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. Just, I don't know how you would get excited about track other than being excited about those events. Yeah, yeah. No, and like I said, in my experience, there, it, was, it was very interesting in terms of it was something that I guess I hadn't felt in probably like four years, you know, since like high school, you know, high school, I feel like is the opportunity where, you know, you're generally chasing, you know, team championship type stuff. Um, and I hadn't had that in four years. And then, 
you know, just being on like the infield at, you know, the the track and like just having like a whole team around you. It was it was very unique. It was it was definitely something that I picked up on. You know, yeah. So. But, can I uh, can I tell a Craig Siegel story now? You can tell. About oh that? yeah, you can tell all the stories. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is a good one. I won't tell the, the bad, oh, the bad ones. The bad ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know where he's going with this. We didn't talk about this beforehand. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not part of the script. I'm going way off script here. Uh, I just remember you. You know, you were going to be a big part of what we were doing, and mm-hmm. the you know we were fortunate to have you just for one year, and and excited to have you because you were a very good distance runner. And you knew before the season started, we were going to get to the NEC championships outdoors and you were going to run the 10 K on one day and the five K on one day, which mm-hmm. is a tough double regardless. Yeah. And you had a guy who was one of the best guys in the country, yes. uh, that was Just favored so to win those events. The one year that he was there too, right? I think in, <laughs> right. in, the, in the conference. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We had two hired guns in the conference. Right. Yeah, you, you, you and him. Yeah. And, uh, you had a teammate, um, Jeff Cody, who was yes. a teammate of yours in high school, yep. yeah. he was also in the, in the 10K with you. Yep. Yeah. And he was having a tough day. He mm-hmm. was not going to score. Um, but he saw you were not having the day that you wanted to have either. Sure. So I remember him, you know, kind of putting himself to the limit for a lap or two to yeah. get to get in your face a little bit to be like, hey, Craig, you got to get it going like yeah, you're in yeah. third or fourth. We need you to get in second. Yep. Um, he probably used some other words that probably we don't want to use on the podcast. Uh, but, but, you know, there was a guy who was, um, all about team and you were all sure. about t- team that weekend too. And, you know, he found a way to contribute without scoring a point. Cause you yeah, kind of yep. gotten, gotten your grill a little bit and got you oh, going and yeah. got you back into the spot that you want to be in. Yeah. No, I, I remember that distinctly too. Yeah. I mean, he, he definitely had some choice words, you know, but it was all positive, you know, but, uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> I think I did. I you think did. So. I think because it was like yeah. two Quinnipiac guys. I think that I needed to like chase down or hold off or something like that. But yes. Jeff was like kind of turning back and like letting me know like what the distance was and like screaming at me and stuff like that. So Aww. yeah, no, it was yeah, it was it was uh, it was a good a good moment, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, but, absolutely. And yeah. and you helped us win a championship. So yeah, and the guy that won, he's like. Uh, uh, you know like i don't know what does he run he was running like 61 minutes in the half marathon 60 minutes yeah. something he's like a yeah he's yes sam chalanga oh, it's, oh. Yeah, yeah professional yeah. runner yeah. so anyway he's yeah, been a, he's, no. he's been a pro ever since yeah yes. he's been yeah, a pro yeah. ever since college so yeah oh. yep so you were in good company yeah right <laughs> but um but yeah, I'm sure there'll be a couple more stories along the way, um, <laughs> potentially about the one thing I remember distinctly is the, the recruiting trip I had originally going into uh, <laughs> in, into college, uh, which I ultimately didn't go there, but you know came back. But we met in the trailers, if I yes. recall correctly, because there was some construction going on, right? Yes. So um, well, no, it wasn't that there was construction, was construction going on. It was that that was where our office was. <laughs> that was what, okay. That was, all right. All right. My had. mistake. My mistake. <laughs> that was not a. That was not a temporary solution. Uh, that no. was that was where the office was, and, and I remember that. You know, getting to Monmouth, and we had. Maybe you uh, told me first, it was temporary. Maybe you told me it was temporary. <laughs> yeah, for eleven years, I told people that. Uh, so that that was really where the athletic department was. There, they had. Um, you know, there at the time there was just Boylan Gym. There was no indoor track. Yeah. And the athletic department was growing. They went, uh, you know, Division One, 
uh, in the who I should know that year, but in the 80s they mm-hmm. go Division One. In the 90s they're still growing and trying to expand. And there was one at first, and then two uh, trailers that were the athletic department offices. Okay. Um, and uh, um, I remember when Miles Austin, who yeah. was a uh, when he came to visit, he was a track athlete in high school mm-hmm. um, and a football player. And so I sat and met with him and his folks um, in that trailer. Really? <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. And he had to play for the Cowboys. And, and, and yeah, 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 right? yeah. Had uh, so yeah, that was just what we had at the time until we moved to where we are. And then after we moved to those the, the athletic department building we have, we built the uh, the Mac, which is now the Ocean First Bank Center. So yeah. the the long the long promised indoor track, which I do have a little <laughs> note here to to make mention of because I think we go far back as like when you were recruiting uh, Nick Pellegrino back in yes. what was that maybe ninety nine two thousand telling them. Oh, there's an indoor track coming. There's an indoor track coming. <laughs> I think it showed well, up in 2008. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's what they that's what they kept telling me. So right, I just right. kept telling everybody else. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's too funny. So, um, so let's touch a little bit upon uh, you know where you're headed uh, this weekend. You know, right? So you're going down to Austin uh, for the NCAA championship. So you guys have you know Mammoth is being represented by three athletes, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So you guys have Allie in the 800, uh, yeah. and you have Danielle in the Jav, and Corey uh, in the shot put, right? And right, right. Corey just broke the our... school record, right? He did. Okay. He did. So uh, we had uh, John Kalnas, who was a three-time All-American, and mm-hmm. and uh, like yourself, uh, a local business owner he is now. over at Critical uh, Mass. Yep. And uh, Corey Murphy just broke his school record last weekend by an inch. And, okay. And, Corey's a guy that's been chasing that for five years and chasing a spot at NCAs for four or five years. And so it's neat to see him get there this year. Yeah. Um, so Corey will be there. He's, he's worked super hard for five years to get to a high level in the shot. Uh, Danielle Steph is a great story. She's only a sophomore, but uh, it'll be great to have her there in the javelin. And she's just a, a great athlete and a great competitor and, and uh, will represent as well. Mm-hmm. Proud to have her there. She was at junior nationals and, junior all-american last year as a freshman okay and then you know ali wilson um ali should have her own podcast right right, right. Uh, because you know she's just has become a rock star sure uh, yeah yeah and and is a tremendous story that you know i think a lot of people expect to have success right away in college and she came in and didn't have success right away had to battle through being a freshman sure uh, yeah. and uh getting through some injuries and getting used to being in college and and then the last two years with Coach Torello's guidance has just been tremendous. You know, she yeah. went from somebody who was a 212 person in, in high school to being somebody that, uh, you know, people are asking me if she's going to break two minutes this weekend. Right. So, yeah. uh, so, no, it's so super great to have three people there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's super exciting. Um, I mean, I know, you know, all the alumni are, you know, we're always constantly chattering and excited and proud to, to have Mammoth represented there. Um, you know, and it's been pretty, I don't want to say routine, because it's never routine and you don't want to take it for granted, but it's been more common now, I would say, within the last couple of years to be represented at the NCAA championships for you guys um, than in prior years. I mean, I know even dating back to, um, you know, God, I mean, I can't believe it's almost 15 years that since I've been there. I don't want to go that far, but, uh, <laughs> you know, I felt like we were a bunch of like, you know, 
vagabonds and uh you know here you have you know people routinely qualifying um you know for for kind of the the biggest stage that there is um i mean can you kind of talk a little bit about that like has the expectation you know changed and like have have, you know i mean i i know kind of the history in terms of you know before ali there was dylan before dylan there was ford and you know kind of these guys and girls that have kind of broken through um, yeah. You know, as I kind of shifted, I mean, just just the depth on the program alone is, has been exceptional. But, you know, how has the mindset changed? Yeah, you know, I think that the nice thing, um, and Coach Torello talks about this and, and does a nice job with his group talking about this, that uh, once somebody gets somewhere, then other people see that it's possible. Mm-hmm. You know, if, um, you know, the 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 goal when we first got there was just to, you know, score some points at the conference meet and, if we got to IC4As, we were really excited to be at IC4As sure. uh, or ECACs on the women's side. Mm-hmm. And then to have some people scoring at that and to you know be able to get to the top of the conference is the next step. And then you have some people who are knocking on the door or getting to NCAs like uh, John Kalnis did and like, like some others have done more recently. We've been able to have somebody at NCAs, at least one person in the last, geez, I think 10 years in a row, we've okay. had at least one person there. Yeah. Um, so I think that you come into the program and you see that it's possible. And there's somebody like an Allie Wilson who trains with you every day and is, you know, picking you up between reps. And you're like, geez, I'm, I'm just trying to break 220 here. And she's on her way to NCAs and is in the top five in the country. Sure. Um, so you you just have a different expectation of what's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of that goes back to um, Dr. McNeil uh, giving us the support to have a full coaching staff. You right. know, if if it's just me and one other coach, we hope we can get some people to that level, but you can only spend so much time mm-hmm. uh, with any one person. You know, when I got there and you were there, it was me and Mark Gottdenker and, and one or two other assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we have a full coaching staff, so you have somebody with you, every group who can get their group to believe in what they're doing and and put some more time in and have some more individual, ex- you know, individual coaching and, and mm-hmm. higher expectations. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, so speaking of coaching, so, you know, you've been doing it for, you know, like you said at Monmouth for over 24 years now. Um, so, you know, you've seen your athletes come through and, you know, I guess I started to recognize it a little bit a couple of years ago when, when I personally was coaching and, you know, the two other people on staff, you know, with me were also Monmouth graduates, you know, so, you know, obviously being a big Giants fan like yourselves, you know, they have the Bill Parcells tree, you know, the family tree <laughs> of coaching. Yeah. So I, I feel like, you know, from my perspective, you yourself have kind of grown this, you know, family tree to some extent. You know, so how, how do you kind of like as a uh, like a veteran now, uh, you know, kind of see that and, you know, in terms of like your I mean, I don't even know if you look at it that way, but like having your fingerprints, you know, now that your athletes have kind of now turned and started to coach themselves, you know, some high school, some college, things like that. Like, is that something that, you know, is, is, I know you don't do it to get, to feel rewarded, but is that something that you feel like, you know, pride about? Uh, you know, I do. And I never thought about that. And I honestly wish I kept track, you know, I sure, think some yeah, people yeah. Have, have kept track and. Um, if you're Bill Parcell, somebody keeps track for you. You don't right. have to worry about that. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, you don't have your personal uh, assistant do this for you? <laughs> no, no. Uh, so it is very, very special to see people go on and coach. And, you know, hopefully there's something they take from our program that they like. Um, 
And I'm sure there's a lot, uh, all of us, what all of us do is we try to take the best things from everybody we've worked with, you know, our high school coach, our college coach, mm-hmm. and even, you know, to be uh, blunt about it, there's probably some things that, that someone may have been in our program and said, I don't like this part at all. Sure. And they yeah, couldn't yeah. do anything about it as an athlete. And they go somewhere as a coach and they say, I'm going to do it this way instead, which yeah. I think is perfectly fine. Sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I, I did, I'll tell you one, um, you know, cool story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a, a group of alums come back this spring, uh, unfortunately because of a, a, a former athlete who passed away way too young. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the people that came back um, owns a gym, owns the big biggest gym in Nantucket. Okay. And uh, Nantucket's a little island. And she told me that, that she based the philosophy for her gym, which does all kinds of things, spin classes, yoga classes, you know, fitness, whatever. Mm-hmm. She said, well, the philosophy of the gym is based on what you did uh, as a coach. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, so that yeah. kind of blew me away. <laughs> so um, I certainly didn't expect that at all. Yeah, yeah. So I guess let's switch gears a little bit, you know, just for uh, a quick m- couple minutes here. Uh, if you're not about to sit down and uh, eat dinner, no, no, I'm gonna go somewhere where it's quieter. So that, <laughs> oh, that's all good. You know, yeah. Um, you know, so I guess let's talk a little bit because you know, a couple of months back, you, you know, we put on that college panel, um, you know, here at the shop, which you were a huge part of. Uh, you know, I would say you were probably between, you know, you and Coach Morawski were the uh, the main the main draws, you know, to so parents could ask how much scholarship money. Uh, the kids were going to get, uh, you know, when they go on to college, but, uh, right. just wanted to kind of, you know, revisit a little bit of that and kind of pick your brain a little bit on the, the college process. Um, sure. you know, but let's first start, I guess, you know, I mean, I guess you've seen somewhat of like the trickle down effect in terms of, you know, your program at, at Monmouth has benefited, you know, greatly because the depth uh, of talent coming out of high school at this point, you know, what once was fast, you know, is kind of no longer at this point, um, you know, but like, how have you seen that like explosion of depth and how has it impacted, you know, kind of your program in, in terms of what you guys do? Yeah. You know, it's been, uh, I noticed that when I first came here, when I first came to New Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, that this was a state that was full of, um, full of people first, sure, yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, lots of people here. Um, all of them on the parkway, all, all hours of the night. All at the same time. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but this is a state that's full of great, uh, track and field and cross country athletes. Mm-hmm. And the, the depth is just incredible and, and is as strong or stronger than anywhere in the country. Um, mm-hmm. and in terms of, you know, talent per square inch, it probably is the deepest in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has helped us a lot, uh, because there are so many good student athletes in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, now we have people from all over. We have a student coming from the Netherlands in the fall. We have a you know a Texas person, a Florida person, Pennsylvania, New York, whatever. But mm-hmm. um, there are so many good people within the state that we don't necessarily need to do that. Sure. Um, if we can, if we can find people who are a good fit for Monmouth nearby. Um, there are just so many good people and, and it's been impressive to watch and it's the, you know, great coaches that are in the state and in other areas and interest in the sport. While we don't get a lot of mainstream media exposure, there is a lot of interest in the sport and Mm -hmm. ton of participants that, 
uh, what used to be, as you said, what used to be fast is not fast anymore. And, uh, uh, you know, the person I just mentioned, who's the Nantucket gym owner, I remember she broke five minutes for the mile in high school Mm. and that was, uh, very rare at the time. And now it's very commonplace on the girls side. There's, uh, uh, lots of girls who are doing that every year. Yeah. Now, do you feel like there's some, like something that you can attribute that to in terms of like, you know, that explosion of depth, you know, I mean, I have my own kind of philosophies on it, but like, what, what do you think that is? Is it just kind of like a one-upsmanship, you know, like if someone can do it, I can do it faster or longer or farther. Well, what do you think it is? Uh, I mean, I don't want to sound like <laughs> an old, I don't want to sound like an old man, but I think the internet has a lot to do with it, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I just think that, you know, with the accessibility uh, now, you know, like if, like, if you're a coach that's coaching out in, you know, California and has a really solid team and, you know, uh, flow track or someone is out there documenting what you're doing and it's disseminated all across the country and coaches can pick up on that. And, um, I even think again, like, like a, almost like a one-upsmanship with like, you know, how quickly results are put up on, you know, mile split or things like that, where kids are like, Oh, well this kid ran that. Oh, I could definitely go out and, and do that. You know? Yeah. So I just think, the expectation level is, is so much higher. Um, you know, so that's kind of what right. I, what I can kind of tr- attribute right. to. Well, I'll, I'll give you an old timer story. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to agree with you for the most part, but when I was in Western Pennsylvania, uh, the, the, there was some good track and field out there in the high schools, but there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of great track and field in high schools. Mm-hmm. And there were high school coaches out there, um, who would say to me that they didn't want to tell that their their um, students that there was a pen relays because then they would have to bring them there. Right. <laughs> so it was at the time you could just not tell anyone right. that there was because no what, one knew what any was different. out there. Right. right. <laughs> and at the time, as a college coach, uh, and even when I started at Monmouth, without having full access to everybody's information. Uh, you weren't sure what someone had actually done and they weren't sure exactly what I had done. Sure. Uh, you know, other than hopefully getting some good information or old fashioned newspaper clippings, but you're right now everything is out there. And if there's an interest in the sport at all, or if you're just are new to the sport, you can become a fan of it and use that as motivation. And you can also find, I think we're much smarter about training now than we were a few decades ago because it's easy to, um, you know, go online and say, well, I'm never, Geez, I was a football player in high school, but I'm going to coach track and go mm. find information about Jack Daniels or or Joe V Hill or whoever mm. the coach is, and say, well, how do you how do you get people ready? How do you do this? Sure. Um, yeah. So that helps, uh, you know, to make us smarter as coaches and mm. and uh, helps some athletes get better and stay healthier. Sure. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, so I guess touching a little bit upon recruiting, like we didn't get to, I guess get to get too much in depth with you at the at the night because it was quite a, a long uh event um it was a great event. yeah no it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun <laughs> uh you know but looking at it from like the 24 year career like just to get your perspective like and again this might be like kind of a, a tough question to to put your finger on but like how have you seen like the recruitment process like change and develop from you know, 19, you know, 94, 95, all the way up until, till now, I'm sure it's drastically, drastically different. 
Yeah. It, I think it is and it isn't. Mm-hmm. And, and it is because it's very easy. You know, uh, someone can look at our program and say, yes, that's a fit for me. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can look at someone online and say, yes, they may be good for us and, and or no, they're not. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so it's in some ways it's easier. But and again, I'm going to sound old fashioned when I say this. We talk as a staff all the time about don't please don't just look at the times for somebody and make a decision based on that. Right. You know, have a conversation with that person because you don't know if somebody has been coached or not coached. Sure. You yeah, don't yeah. know if they're, um, you know, already tired of the sport or really excited about the sport. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you don't you don't know those things unless you have those conversations. And you sit down with someone and there's people that on paper may not look like they're a fit for a program that end up developing into someone who's who's very good in our program. Sure. Um, yeah. So. It's changed, but there's still, you know, what, what you're still trying to do in the recruiting process is find a fit. Mm-hmm. And, and that is going both ways. You know, it's, it's juniors and seniors looking around saying, where will I be comfortable? And it's coaches saying, what, you know, what do we need to help our program uh, take the next step? Yeah, yeah. So. so I guess the final kind of question in terms of like the, the college process, recruiting process, things like that, like, and you and I had talked about it that night, but I think it would be good for people to hear here. Um, you know, what is it really that kind of college coaches are looking for? You know, is it something where, you know, cause we always see kids that do way too many things or too much stuff. Uh, yeah. and then we also see like that athlete that's just like super, super dedicated to just like the singular sport. Like, is there, is there a kind of like a right path, wrong path opinion? Uh, I don't know if there's a right path and a wrong path. I do mm-hmm. think that it's very easy, and, and I'm biased. You know, I'm a uh, uh, I'm a parent and I'm a coach in, in track and field and cross country. So there's my you know my angle already. But I think it's very easy because of the internet and because of the desire to make school affordable and the, the, this. Um, belief that there's lots of scholarships out there mm-hmm. to encourage specialization. Right. And everything we know and everything we read is discouraging specialization. It's not saying that you should run three seasons of cross country and track from the time you're nine years old and not do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not saying that if you're going to be a great soccer player that you need to just play soccer 12 months a year. Um, you know, I think that uh, there's still a huge value in in enjoying what you're doing in high school. Mm-hmm. And then as a as a and I hear this from our other coaches, coaches in our building at Monmouth and other sports who see someone who may have specialized and they may be not quite as excited about their sport as they should be at the time when they're about to focus on it the most when you right, go to college, right, right. Uh, when you really want to focus and dial in and say, this is what I'm trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. So I think um, if someone is super excited about the sport and they want to do three seasons, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. But if they're doing it because they think that it's a means to an end, um, that's that's going to create some problems. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, yeah. uh, and and so to answer your question, what is it that uh, coaches look for? I think a big thing is: Are you passionate about the sport? Mm-hmm. Are you going to come in and be excited about being on a team? Sure. Are you going to make the people around you better? Uh, the the best people, the the uh, athletes who are like a Craig Siegel on a team, are the guys that you just have to hold back. 
you know, that mm-hmm. if you have to drag, <laughs> if you have to drag somebody through everything they're doing, yeah, you know, I have to, I have to drag you up in the morning to get you to do a long run. It's going to be a challenge. You know, sure, we want yeah, to motivate yeah. our people, yeah. but you want them to be motivated to do it. Yeah. Um, the other side is there's a group of guys that want to get up on Sunday to do that long run. Mm-hmm. Well, um, they're going to make themselves better and the people around them better. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, or, or a 6 a.m. pool workout. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which was your favorite, right? Oh, my gosh. That was like the only thing where I was like <laughs> – this is, I don't know if this is for me, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I do want to let you know, you know, as I've gotten older, I've, uh, you know, we've softened a lot on yeah. that and, and we start at six Oh five. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. yeah. But you better show yeah. up. You better show up early. Though. You better show up early. <laughs> right. Right. Oh my Still have to be early. Well, see, the thing was, I didn't live on campus and I wasn't like, Don't make excuses. I was close enough, but like I was also far enough where I couldn't just like wake up at, 550 and walk over to the pool like i need right. to like be up by like you know mm-hmm. early and yes. uh just driving over in like the dead of winter to <laughs> jump into like the pool was like not the most appealing right. thing at the time no. No. especially when all you wanted to do was just run as much as you possibly can <laughs> right right so, but yeah. yeah yeah no wetsuits though no, yeah. Yeah, you can't wear yeah. a wetsuit. No, wouldn't happen. No. So. We've had a few people try that. Though. Yeah, well, we did, and I was there for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Didn't end well, so. Yeah. But, uh, all right, so we're going to we're gonna spice things up a little bit. Uh, keep it keep it spicy. Uh, so, so Grace is going to ask you a couple of questions. All right. Uh, kind of like a, a lightning round format, so. Yeah, uh, just some fun questions, no pressure. All the pressure right. in the world. All the pressure. <laughs> <laughs> um, this right. is where distance runners who are slow try to be fast. Is that right, Grace? Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. So all right. First question is, what is your favorite shoe to run in? Uh, my favorite shoe to run in, uh, I, I really like the Hoka's right now. The Hoka's? Uh, yeah. Good answer. Yeah. Uh, are, you a beer, <laughs> are you a beer fan? Um, I yeah, I like to have an occasional beer. <laughs> what's, what's your favorite beer? Well, my uh, anyone who knows me will tell you that I only drink Budweiser, but that's not true. I occasionally <laughs> will drink something else. <laughs> uh, what's your favorite place to run or have your athletes run? Uh, my favorite might be Hartshorn Woods, which is right in my backyard. Mm-hmm. That is not my athlete's favorite because we <laughs> we do a hill workout here. So they when I say yeah. Hartshorn Woods, they think. Um, torture and uh you know misery yeah, yeah. so <laughs> all right yeah. what is your favorite pizza topping uh i'm a plain pizza guy hey, oh, I see. called it called it called yeah Craig said that. yeah i love pizza but if it has lots of toppings on it i'm i'm not happy wow. what's, what's your favorite pizza place Ooh, that's hard. See, we went you, deep uh, on we went deep three. on heat on pizza here because we, we did, know your yeah. your no, we know your true love. We're big pizza fans yeah. too. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, my wife's favorite is Vicks in Bradley Beach, um, and that's one of my favorites too. <laughs> We're we are not only we are we blessed in New Jersey with tons of great cross country and track athletes, but you you have to go out of your way to find bad pizza in New Jersey. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Spoken from a, a true aficionado too, because right, you can right. eat it like three times a day i think (laughs) (laughs) i try to keep it to once a day but yeah (laughs) yeah what is uh or do you prefer thin crust or deep dish uh thin crust i'm a thin crust guy yeah what are your thoughts on pineapple on pizza 
Uh, no. no. <laughs> Do you hate and it, it or are you just indifferent? Uh, I, I just, um, I wouldn't call it elite. I wouldn't call it illegal, but I would call it, you know, but it should, but it should be. Yeah. It yeah. Should be. And while, if I can, while we're on the topic, if you put blue cheese on your pizza, we're not friends. Oh, uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. oh, no. <laughs> this well, relationship well. is over. <laughs> Gee, the podcast just ended. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've known you since like 2001, 2002. It's done. This is it. <laughs> Um, uh, what, are, what are your thoughts on calzones and inside out pizza? Uh, calzones are all right. They're not my favorite because, you, you know, tough, <laughs> tough, to, tough, to, tough to get it just right. <laughs> um, and then back to the running questions. Who inspired you when you were a runner? Oh, that's a long list. Um, <laughs> I, I would say the first person was my high school coach. Um, and my high school coach... Uh, when I go back to my hometown and I see the places I ran as a novice runner, uh, I don't believe that we actually ran there. I'm like, how did we get there and back when I didn't know anything about running? That's far away. Uh, but he just made it, his name's Tim Sandstrom, and he just made it very fun. Uh, we would do things that were not necessarily illegal, but perhaps not always encouraged by the town or by the school district. Uh, but he just made it a blast and yeah. It didn't seem like work at all, um, oh, so he'd probably be the first one. I could I could give you twenty more, but he'd be the first <laughs> one that inspired me. Who uh, who inspires you now? Uh, you know, I'm I'm lucky to at least have met some of the awesome coaches in the country. Uh, you know, someone like a Joe V Hill, uh, or you know, some of the other guys who do it so well uh, across the country. Um, there's, I'm still a, you know, a fan uh, of the sport too. So there's, you know, if I were to go back to the old time guys, there's people like Billy Mills, mm -hmm. uh, who was an Olympic gold medalist back in the day. Uh, just people that were very passionate about the sport and who did something that no one else had done, um, and who were willing to, uh, you know, put that extra time in, whether it's to further student athletes. Um, as a coach or you know as an athlete themselves to, that believe in something when perhaps nobody else around them believes it so last but uh but definitely not least so you want to you want to go go yeah, for it, I'm on, go the, for it. I'm on the you're on the roll you're on the roll all right grace is on a roll <laughs> if you had a game of running shoe after yourself what would it be and why well, this is the only question that you gave me a chance to prepare for. Um, <laughs> Everything else and... is very hard-hitting journalism. You know? <laughs> yeah. So the tough questions I, I'm going to tell. I'm going to. I'm going to uh, preface my answer by saying this is going to sound very self-serving, but then I want to explain that it's not. <laughs> so if I were to want, if I were to name a running shoe, I'd want it to be my last name. Okay. Uh, the the Compagni, but it's not because I want it to be about me. Mm -hmm. um, it's because my name in, in Italian actually is not, it's not a real last name. If you go to Italy, you'll not see any compagnies. Okay. Um, it's a name that uh, was uh, given, um, it, it really is, is a companion or a friend or, you know, compadre. Mm -hmm. So I think in the running world, that would be a cool shoe because you might have someone that you always train with that's your friend or your companion, or maybe your companion is your dog, or maybe it's your music you listen to, or maybe it's just your favorite trail. So. Uh, you could have the Compagni running shoe, and it could be about whatever is your companion that helps you with your running. <laughs> I'd buy it. I like it. I like it. Which is All very, right. which is very fitting because you are one of the kindest people 
to walk the face of the earth. <laughs> you know, so I think that's what a lot of people can say. Uh, or at least you thought I was till we started talking about blue cheese on pizza. Right, exactly. <laughs> throw me in the pool at 6 a.m. and along with everybody else. <laughs> and you found out I was mean and evil and you right. know, stubborn. Right, right. Well, no, see, here's the thing. So I've always come to your defense, and, and has there ever been any kind of potential issues that have ever arisen between student-athletes, past or present or whatever, between you and, and your athletes, right? And that's if if – anybody ever has a problem with coach joe they are the problem <laughs> is that is this what i always say so you know so that's not the first time you said that I've, i know i've heard you say that because i've said it directly to people who have been in this store before who have had the issue <laughs> so <laughs> well i appreciate that <laughs> that could be up for debate but you know, <laughs> no so but uh but yeah, let's uh, let's wrap up, right? So uh, definitely want to thank you, you know, so much for your time. You want to kick, you about to say something, or what are you, uh, like you were jumping in? Oh, I was just gonna say, I like I never told you this, but like last cross country season, I guess you had a bunch of the team on the boardwalk running, and you were on a bike. And yes. They looked miserable, and you were just laughing. <laughs> and I remember seeing like some of the students, and I was just like waving because we just had the the team in the like, yeah like yeah, the, the cross country team in yeah. and. Uh, and I was just cracking up because I saw your face. You were just like, <laughs> 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 struggling. Get it, getting the satisfaction out of it. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I do tell them, going back to uh, Craig's point, that, you know, we, we have a discussion of practice happens almost every day. Mm-hmm. And the discussion is, um, what, what do, Craig, you were a coach. So what do mm-hmm. athletes say when they come to practice? What's the question that they ask you? What are they doing today? Yeah. They say, what do I have to do today? Right. Yeah. And you know what my answer to that is? You don't have to do anything? My, my answer is you don't have to do anything. <laughs> it's a good coach Joeism. That's one of the many coach Joeisms. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that and my three jokes that I have. So. <laughs> oh man! But when you break them out, though, that's you know. <laughs> no, but uh, but again, thanks so much for your time. Uh, you know, personally, I know how many you know people you know you've influenced. Um, you know, and countless others out there. So I don't know. I'm sure you know it to some extent. But uh, again, you know, you set so many of us on the right path. Um, you know, I mean, I even, and this is not to get too like mushy gushy on the podcast, but <laughs> I, I attribute my, uh, basically my marriage uh, largely to you and to Coach Torello. Uh, so, you know, uh, I'm forever grateful for that. But again, you know, you're, you're a huge influence in the area. And, um, you know, you've definitely touched, you know, way more people than we could even, you know, talk about in terms of influencing them. So, uh, thank well, you. Thank you. That. So, thank you. We didn't get to get into your, you know, your marriage and how that relationship started. And yeah, that, yeah. that may be, that's a topic for another time. Right. <laughs> I mean, you probably, you might know the story better than I, you were a witness. I was in this situation. It kind of gets, gets, gets a little cloudy there, but, uh, but no, I mean, long story short, I really attributed it to, you know, Ultimately, I, I didn't go there undergrad, but, you know, you being the, like I said, the, the, the kindest and gentlest person to walk the, the earth, uh, you know, had always kind of kept in touch, you know, uh, throughout college. So, uh, you know, coming out of undergrad, it was just kind of a natural thing for, for me to go come back home. And, you know, you were there and you and I had, uh, you know, stayed in contact over the years, just casual, you know, drop-ins of asking how I'm doing, things like that, you know, because you were genuinely... 
at least I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, you know, <laughs> ge- genuinely interested. Uh, and that always kind of stuck with me in terms of, you know, what the opportunity was when I came home. So, uh, which ultimately led me to Monmouth. So, uh, which yeah. ultimately led me to, to find, you know, my wife and, you know, the life I have now, uh, mm-hmm. sitting in the back of the shoe store doing a podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, but the one funny yeah, thing I doing I, very well, doing very well. Right. The one yeah. funny thing I do, I do think, in your situation too has got to be how many damn weddings do you have to go to <laughs> i was thinking about this last summer because i think there were a couple and like Craig, i'm guy. gonna i'm sorry i'm gonna catch you here you hear what you just asked me right right you, you yeah. asked me how many weddings do i have to go to and i'm right. gonna tell you no you don't one have to go to that's a good one that's a good one <laughs> true and i think that's a great a great line to leave off that on so <laughs> uh, all right guys so thanks again for tuning in tonight uh we definitely want to give a big shout out and thanks to coach joe of mom university uh again good luck this weekend you know coming up at ncaa championships down in austin texas we'll definitely be pulling for the hawks the hometown uh the hometown hawks here uh and don't forget to follow along with us using the handle at runners high nj on instagram twitter and Facebook. So thanks again for tuning in tonight, guys, and we'll catch up with you all next week. Thanks, Grace. Thanks, Craig. Thanks. Go Hawks.